Welcome. Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Combating Woke Inc.'s takeover of sports. Red Pill Sports Podcast. Sports done right. All right. Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. We're so thankful to have you this uh, Tuesday evening. And uh, so great to have you on this March the 28th, uh, year of our Lord, 2023. And uh, got a lot of good stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about the MVP race in the NBA. Uh, Almost didn't get that out. That's kind of like an old Jerry Seinfeld episode where Jerry couldn't get the last few words out. Um, also going to be talking about uh, the <laughs> the uh, uh, ESPN's uh, total botching of the Women's History Month. That's what you get when you start, you know, celebrating specific genders, specific races. Instead of just celebrating athletes, celebrating people in general. But be that as it may, uh, they got in some pretty hot water. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that with uh, the Women's uh, History Month. Uh, and ESPN featured a man for Women's History Month. Can't make this stuff up, right? Uh, man, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Won't you tell somebody about the show? Uh, we're growing every week. We started super small, but it's it's growing every week. Thank you for those joining us on Facebook Live. Thank you for those that are joining us on uh, Podbean on the app. Make sure you share it. Let somebody know about it. Tell them about the uh, the show. Uh, also, don't forget about the Doc Washburn Show. Doc's got some phenomenal, phenomenal uh, guests coming up this week. Uh, and then have, uh, has some that have yet to be announced that are just just going to really knock your socks off. So uh, we are a part of the Doc Washburn Show uh, family of podcasts. And so that's why you'll see a simulcasting on Facebook Live on the Dot Washburn show. So don't be confused. But we are a sports show, and we talk about the we, we kind of talk about the politically uh, correct stuff going on in sports. And so that's kind of what our focus is here. And again, thank you so much for joining us. We just love having you. I enjoy doing this. I'm Donnie Copeland, your host, and uh, I'm a you know amateur athlete uh, many years ago. I'm pastor, entrepreneur, uh, social entrepreneur, own a, uh, or don't own, but uh, founded with a friend of mine a uh, a nonprofit where we help people. And uh, appreciate everybody out there that's doing something, whether you volunteer or you head up a nonprofit, or maybe you volunteer at your church. Uh, thank you for all that you do. We appreciate you so very much. Um, going to be a great show. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to be talking about. William Thomas, the man that ESPN is celebrating uh, for uh, Women's History Month. And then we're going to be talking about the NBA's MVP race and how it's become uh, more about race and it has the MVP. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. want to hit some headli- uh, headlines first in the sports world. Uh, first, of course, is the Final Four in men's and women's. I can't remember a time that the Final Four, both men and women's, was this compelling and uh, wasn't all the typical blue bloods. 
So over on the men's side, you have uh, UConn and Miami. Uh, you have San Diego State and then uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, and then in the women's, you have South Carolina and Iowa, which is going to be a phenomenal matchup with Caitlin Clark, the a phenomenal uh, shooting guard or point guard for Iowa who's just uh, unbelievable. In fact, many sports uh, uh, figures are saying that she's probably the most entertaining, most valuable commodity in sports uh, of any kind right now, which is pretty amazing uh, being it's uh, women's basketball, which has not uh, up to this point been so popular. But uh, that, So it's pretty compelling. So you got South Carolina – and Iowa on one side of the bracket, then you got LSU, and um, uh, then also you have, uh, in my mind, oh yeah, South uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, so Virginia Tech, I believe it's their first time in history to be there. Iowa State, maybe the first time uh, in history, or first time in a long, long time. And so uh, very compelling, going to be great. Uh, the NBA is winding down. You may be like me, I'm not a huge uh, NBA fan. I, I will watch some playoffs, very, very little. Um, so I follow it more from a distance, but I have been following the MVP race just because there were some things said in there that really got me uh, to thinking. But look, before we get to that, I want to talk about a couple other things. Uh, uh, if you don't listen to uh, Crane and Company, uh, it's, uh, it's the Daily Wire uh, that is... Um, uh, you know, very well known, uh, the Daily Wire, and um, there's a there's a sports show that the Daily Wire started over there called Crane and Company, and it's uh, Jake Crane is the uh, is kind of the lead. He his brother, and then another guy's on the show. They do a phenomenal job. But today he brought up a great point, uh, and for some of you that may not know, Lamar Jackson, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens, is. Um, has has finally said he doesn't want to play for the Ravens anymore. He wants to uh, to move on, and so um, I had been saying uh, I may have mentioned it on here, but I, I I know probably more just behind the scenes rather than publicly that uh, I felt like a great match for uh, for Baltimore if Lamar Jackson didn't uh, didn't re up with them and sign with them because he's a free agent would be Anthony Richardson, the former Florida quarterback who entered the draft after only one year in college. And the reason that I said that I thought uh, he would be such a phenomenal uh, get for them is because he's so much like Lamar Jackson. Now, he's not near the player Lamar Jackson is. He's not near the, um, you know, has the maturity and has the experience, obviously, that Lamar Jackson has. And Lamar Jackson is much more valuable uh, but I think if you consider uh, how well he runs and uh, the Baltimore Ravens has a very quarterback run-oriented offense, much like the Eagles, um, and, and he has a phenomenal arm. He's just, he's just young and, and inexperienced. But if he can get uh, kind of get settled down and, and start playing by running the ball and stay healthy, that's the key in the, in the NFL. It's not like in college where he could outrun everybody uh, he's going to be challenged in the NFL. And when he's hitting the NFL, it's going to be a little different. But Anthony Richardson is a physical specimen. He's 6'5", 6'6", weighs 245, 250 pounds. I mean, he's, he's Cam Newton 
He's, he's a leaner, more muscular Cam Newton. He's a big, big guy, and he's as fast or faster than Cam Newton was. So he could really, really be great. And uh, if the Baltimore Ravens got a couple of uh, first-round draft picks for him, uh, and then, uh, I mean, for Lamar Jackson, and then uh, spent one of them on Anthony Richardson and then got some other players around him, I mean, I think – uh, it's still going to be a rebuilding year for them, and this was several things that Jake Crane made uh, uh, made observations about. So uh, a lot of it I had said previously. A lot of what he said, I uh, the the bulk of what he said, I had not said previously. So I'd encourage you go over there. Uh, he's he follows us on Twitter and been very supportive of what we're doing here. And so uh, I encourage you to go over to the Daily Wire and watch Crane & Company. If you're a sports fan, I think you'll really enjoy uh, Jake Crane over there. He's, he's quite entertaining. I first picked him up actually on the Jordy Collada Show, which is a show out of Baton Rouge and uh, more LSU-centric. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's, um, uh, that's, that's pretty much most of the headlines. Uh, there is some banter about maybe the New York Jets – uh, trying to make a play for Lamar Jackson just to uh, so the Packers uh, don't get too comfortable feeling like they've got the Jets over a barrel when it comes to Aaron Rodgers uh, in the trade there. So we'll see how that plays out. But everything else is kind of falling into place. I think it's three, three and a half, four weeks before, uh, maybe five weeks before the NFL draft. So that'll be interesting. And uh, but anyway, just glad that you joined us tonight. We're going to dive right in. We are brought to you by Red River Auto, RedRiverAuto.com, and uh, the Red River Auto Group. It's a great uh, group of dealerships uh, owned by Mitch Ward uh, and his family. And look, I want to encourage you uh, if you are looking for a car, if you're looking for a car for your kids or for your husband or for your wife or, uh, or, or maybe a friend's needing a car, have them go to redriverauto.com. Check it out. Tell them uh, that the Red Pill Sports Podcast uh, and the Dot Washburn Show sent you. And, uh, man, they have been tremendous to us. And so and they are great conservatives, great patriots, and so thank you to Red River Auto. So let's dive right on in. I want to take off with the B-side first, if you will, and that is the story about this um, transgender guy, lady. And man, I'm telling you, I was reading an article yesterday, and I almost posted it, and I thought, no, I don't, you know, I, I probably most of you wouldn't be interested in reading it anyway, but it was a story about this William Thomas, who is out of Austin, went to Westlake, very popular uh, football school in Austin, uh, and they have a obviously a, a great swimming program as well. Anyway, William Thomas went to school there, was quite the swimmer, uh, was very uh, sought after after he got out of, I say well sought up after, he's very intelligent uh, and a very good swimmer, competitive swimmer. And uh, end up going to Penn, now, not Penn State, but Penn uh, uh, Penn College. <coughs> excuse me, in uh, uh, Ivy League school in the Ivy League. So uh, he goes to Penn. He uh, participates or uh, competes for three years as a men's swimmer. Does okay. Doesn't doesn't light up the world. I think he was three hundred 
40-something, 346th, 341st, something like that in the in the world, or at least in the United States, in collegiate swimming. Uh, so he has this crisis of identity, goes through what I call uh, gender dystopia, and uh, in, in which is a certified mental illness. Uh, it, it just it just is, uh, and 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 then what they do to these people once they go to a medical doctor, uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, they start pumping them if they're males, they start pumping them full of estrogen. If they're females, they start pumping them full of testosterone. Not only do they do that, they start giving them benzos or benzodiapine and they give them this, uh, these mood-altering drugs because there's a lot of uh, depression and all that. And the reason there's so much emotional baggage with this type of dystopia is because it's not natural. Uh, and nobody will say that, but that's just the way it is. Well, the problem with these uh, these benzos and, and these really strong mood-altering drugs is these drugs are highly, highly uh, cause, uh, there's a very high incidence of suicide or suicide, at least suicidal thoughts, and then homicidal uh, impulses. Uh, you know, and, and not to get into it, that would be something for Doc to talk about on his show, but the the whole thing with a Nashville shooter, that's exactly what that was. That was a, a, a guy uh, trying to be a girl uh, or maybe a girl trying to be a guy. Again, I don't, I don't know anymore, but they were shooting him. It must have been a girl trying to be a guy, shooting him full, her full of uh, uh, testosterone. And, uh, and testosterone, given in large measures, uh, it causes aggression. That's, that's why men are more aggressive than women because of the natural chemical testosterone. And so when you start giving people synthetic testosterone, plus you add to that these mind-altering drugs that they're giving them for mood disorder that is brought on by this gender dystopia, uh, you have a a cocktail of disaster. And so uh, anyway, I kind of got off track, but this William Thomas is the guy's name. He, he uh, so he ends up is going into I believe his fourth year at Penn, again not Penn State but Penn College uh, in the Ivy League with Brown and Yale and the other ones. Uh, so he uh, Harvard. So he starts um, competing as a woman, uh, but he's got you know obviously six foot six one six two something like that. Big hands, big feet, relative to the women, you know, uh, much stronger. Uh, and so, you know, the two, the two biggest things, uh, factors in swimming is strength and, and speed. And, uh, and so, you know, muscle mass and, and uh, strength. And so he, he takes, so he goes from 341st as a, a male swimmer. He starts competing against females, and he's number one in the nation. And so what does ESPN do? ESPN takes it upon them uh, themselves uh, to do a feature on Women's History Month around the heels of <coughs> excuse me, Black History Month. And they uh, so instead of featuring all the great women in sports through history, all the women that are... Um, 
you know, presently in sports, in the WNBA, that are in the Olympics, that are in gymnastics, on and on, and there's thousands of them, soccer and on and on, excuse me, I had to get a quick sip of coffee there. Uh, they take it upon themselves to feature William Thomas, who now goes by Leah uh, Thomas, uh, L-I-A, and uh, Riley Gaines, who is an Olympic swimmer, who's the, the, the greatest female swimmer in the world, who uh, tied Leah uh, or William Thomas, and William Thomas edged her out as the number one swimmer, so stole uh, her title from her. She, she gets up and says, this is a mockery. She said, you know, what a joke. And then she calls him, uh, uh, which everybody else will go online and try to find, I challenge you to go try to find Leah uh, William Thomas's, uh, the, the identity William Thomas or the name William Thomas, the transgender that turned into a woman uh, or tried or attempted or whatever into a woman. And you can't, the, the internet scrubbed it. And I looked and looked and looked and I finally found his real name, found a picture of him. And you can look on the uh, Red Pill Sports podcast uh, Facebook page and you'll see his original picture. And I've got on there ESPN's Woman of the Month, Will Thomas. And I got a picture of him, you know, a guy. You can tell he's a dude, you know, clears uh, mud. Uh, or clears a bell, whatever. Uh, so they take it on themselves to feature this guy who now claims to be a girl who has just stolen uh, the female uh, title for Swimmer of the Year. And, and so they think it's a good idea to feature him. That's how completely tone deaf... And, and honestly, these people simply do not care. They, they do not care about how you feel. They don't care about what you think. They don't care about what's fair. Rush Limbaugh always said this about the left. They said, you know, you're, the, the identity politics only matters until there's another group that supplants you. And so women's like, oh, you know, the Democrats care about us. Yeah, they did until the transgenders come along. And then so, uh, you know, as long as the transgender serves their purpose, uh, then it'll be, and I'm going to just tell you straight up, it's going to be pedophiles next uh, because it just keeps descending, descending, descending um, this in, into the abyss. Um, and so that, that's next. It, it may be five years, maybe 10 years, uh, but the whole goal is to numb you and I uh, to the ridiculousness and the absurdity of what this is. Uh, and look, if, if William Thomas wants to dress up and be Colonel Klinger and swim, you know, as, as a as swim around with a, cap, a swimming cap on and a full bathing suit like a woman, uh, knock yourself out, man. You know, do that, you know, to your dying day. I, I mean, that's your business. You can do that. Uh, but for you to still women's, you know, young girls who've worked their whole life, you know, as little girls, and their dream has been to compete, and then they have to compete against a man who's twice as strong as them. It's just, and then to have someone like ESPN just celebrate it, and then not only celebrate it, but celebrate it as the woman of the, uh, 
month feature. It's just totally and com completely ridiculous. Uh, and so good for Riley Gaines, good for her. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, here's where people don't get it, I think. They think, oh, well, you hate uh, William Thomas. No, I don't. I, I, I really feel sorry for the guy. I think he's confused. You know, I think he's uh, just like, um, you know, Bruce uh, um, and, I, and I'm Jenner, you know, same same thing. Just very, uh, listen, it is proven. It is a documented, uh, go look, in, 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 and they may have already removed it, but if you'll look back three years ago uh, in the, uh, in the uh, psychiatric uh Encyclopedia of Medicine, that gender dystopia, gender d confusion is a diagnosable uh, mental illness. It, it just is. And, and again, like I said, you, you give them these powerful drugs, you give a woman testosterone, or you give a man uh, estrogen, it's not natural. It's not, it's, it's, it's one of the most, uh, a, you know, immoral uh, and if you're a doctor and you're doing that, I, I think you should lose your your your, your medical license, uh, hands down. So anyway, uh, that story's out there. Uh, but let's let's uh, get to the uh, story. Uh, to in my mind is really the story. And again, you're probably like me. You don't. You're not a huge fan of the NBA. Um, I used to like the NBA. I liked the NBA when it was. And I know I'm almost like an old codger here. But I, I loved the NBA when it was uh, back. Even you know Lou Alcindor for the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, and uh, I barely remember that. Uh, and and what I remember most is uh, is Dr. J and uh, Moses Malone and Daryl Dawkins. Remember Chocolate Thunder, uh, Bill Lambeer, uh Isaiah Thomas, and then uh, Larry Bird. And uh, you know that that was the era, the the two eras that I really. The, the late 60s, uh, 70s, and into the early mid-80s was really the era that I really uh, liked the most. And so I don't follow it real close, but I've just been fascinated, fascinated, fascinated <laughs> by this uh, MVP race. Now, give you just a quick context of this MVP race in the NBA. <coughs> it is the, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the... Uh, most valuable player, uh, and uh, there are a lot of things that are unspoken in that. Uh, typically, the team or the the guy that wins that uh, their team is, you know, doing quite well. They don't have to be the best team, but they have to be at least have a winning record. And uh, I don't think that's a rule, but that's that's typically what happens. Um, and and then they you have to I think one of the clarifying. Uh, things because it's really subjective, quite honestly. The MVP is uh, you kind of know it when you see it. Uh, who is the MVP for each team, and then you have the MVP for the the entire league. Uh, and it's it's really what player uh, contributes to uh, their team the most and makes the most impact. And without that player, the team would not be would only be a shell of themselves. So the three players that you have, uh, and this is, I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know, uh, but none of the three players are uh, U.S. 
uh, U.S. born citizens. Uh, you have uh, uh, Giannis, uh, and I would, uh, or Giannis, uh, rather, not Giannis, Giannis uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he's Greek. Uh, and then you have um, uh, Jokic, uh, which they call him the Joker, and uh, he is from Serbia. And then you have Joel Embiid, who is from Cameroon, who is the first uh, from the African continent to um, to be considered for the MVP. So you have you don't have any really. There's no Americans, uh, and, and that's neither here nor there. But these are all three, and and the NBA is becoming much much more uh, cosmopolitan, not just black and white. Uh, but you have most of the white players that are being successful in the NBA are from Europe uh, because the NBA game has changed. So where it's big, really big, fast guys that can shoot uh, all over the floor really well and move really well. And you have someone like Luka Doncic, uh, who's, I believe he's Serbian or Croatian, um, and, and then you have um, uh, Sabonis for the Sacramento Kings, I believe. He's born here, I believe, but his dad was uh, uh, from Croatia. Uh, so you, you, a lot of the stars now, then you have, I know the Nuggets have a guy from uh, Germany maybe. Uh, so there's a lot of players that are, uh, that are from different countries. Um, and you're seeing that in the NCAA as well, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think you know it's 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 great, you know, more the merrier, and from wherever. Um, but he, here's the thing about that: is uh, the Joker or jo- Jokic, who plays for the Nuggets, uh, he you know the the point was made. Uh, he, he was the lead. In fact, they said you know he's running away with it. Okay, so I want to give it a little bit of context. You had Giannis, who was doing really well. Statistically, there's not a lot of difference in the three of them. Jokic's, uh, it, his, his um, uh, averages are his, his overall statistics, uh, the, the frontline statistics, then what they call the advanced statistics, which are a lot of really, you know, uh, deep numbers, are, are better than Joel Embiid's or Giannis's. Uh, but there's not a huge amount of difference. I think uh, right now the Joker or Jokic, and they call him the Joker, he's he's probably two or three tenths uh, of either an assist or rebound from uh, averaging averaging a triple double, not not having a triple double. He's at 28, uh, maybe 29 by now, uh, out of what 80 games, uh, so almost you know 40 percent of his games. Uh, he's he's had a triple double, which is unbelievable for a guy that's you know practically seven foot. Uh, and uh, and uh, oh by the way, uh, the Nuggets have a better record and are in better uh, better spot playoff wise than the Bucks with Giannis or the 76ers with Embiid. And so he not only has is the main contributor to his team. He has very few stars around him. He's got a lot of young guys around him, a couple of decent, good players, but nothing like Embiid has around him or that the Bucks uh, with Giannis has around him. 
Giannis has Milton and has, and I can't think of the other really good player they have over there. And then uh, Giannis uh, has uh, uh, Harden, who's, you know, or was probably one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, so uh, Jokic has less help, has better statistics. So he's running away with the MVP, all right? It's like it's done. And then uh, Lamar Kendrick, uh, is it Kendrick Lamar? I may be uh, confusing the rapper with, anyway, uh, goes on ESPN. Uh, he's an ESPN contributor and says he thinks the race is, uh, the MVP race is racist because a white guy's winning. Well, one, to say he's a white guy, uh, he is he is have white skin, but he's not from here. He's not American. He's from, like I said, he's from um, uh, Croatia or or uh, Slovenia, um, and so I, I think he's from Europe. I know Eastern Europe, and so uh, and then Embiid's not from here. He's he's African, and then. Uh, Giannis is Greek, so it's not like a black or white thing. It's it's more of an international thing. But he goes on and says, you know, oh, and by the way, Jokic had won, uh, has won the previous two MVPs the last two years. He won it twenty twenty or twenty twenty one and in twenty twenty two. So if he won it this time, he'd be one of only I think he'd be the fourth player to win it. I think Wilt Chamberlain, uh, maybe Lou Alcindor, and Larry Bird. Are, uh, I think, are the only three players to win it, which I couldn't believe Michael Jordan wasn't one of those. But all those three are the only ones to ever win it uh, three times in a row. So Jokic would be the fourth. And so uh, Kendrick goes on and says, you know, it's because of race that, that he's the lead, because he was way out in front. Well, guess what? Now the race is tightened. And I was listening to Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick said, you know, I think after... Kendrick went on and said what he said. Kendrick used to play for the Celtics, uh, played in the NBA. And he goes on you know, and says, I think this is racist. So uh, what that causes people to do is, oh, it's kind of like when Obama ran for president. Man, I don't want to be racist. I want anybody to think we're racist. If, you know, if, and what it is, it's a dog. You want to talk about dog whistle. That's what it is. It's like, oh, man, if, if, if Jokic wins the – uh, NBA, and then Kendrick ignorantly goes on and says, "Well, it's because uh, the NBA, you know, they prefer white guys over black guys, and uh, also uh, all most of you know, predominantly all the writers are white. Uh, that the people that get to vote, rather, not just writers, but all the MVP voters. It's a, it's a. I think that used to be a fan-driven." And it's become writers. I could be wrong about that, but I remember when it was more no all stars. I'm sorry, all stars is uh, fan driven. MVP is a cast or a group of of voters, much like the Grammys are one of those. And so he makes this ignorant statement that well, it's just you know you got all these white folks voting. Well, it is predominantly white. There's sixty percent of the voters for the MVP are white, but uh, the majority of white writers has voted for a black uh, player most, if not all the time, most of the time. Uh, and so it's it's not 
uh, white. It's, it's just like uh, people say, well, America's still uh, racist because, you know, even though Obama uh, was elected twice. Well, newsflash, Obama doesn't get elected unless white people elect him. 16% of the nation is, or 13% of the nation is black. There's no way black America could elect Barack Obama. So that in and of itself is totally uh, a lie and just totally a falsehood and a false narrative. Uh, it would ha- white people would have to vote uh, in in large numbers for Barack Obama or for anybody of color or black or green or red or blue, whatever, uh, to become president. And same way for uh, the. Uh, so, so what Kendrick was saying was, well, it's all these white voters, but the predominantly, except for one time in the history of the NBA, or two times in the history of the NBA, uh, let me back up, two players five times in the history of the NBA has a white player won it. Uh, Bird won it three times. Joe Jokic has won it twice. So that right there proves to you uh, that it is... Um, that white voters are voting for black players. So the the idea, but here's what happened. The idea that it's been racist up to this point or that it's racist now is just totally absurd. So, but here's what that did, and I'll wrap this up. Uh, what that did was, was put people on alert. Oh no, we can't vote for Jokic. Uh, even black guys, you, you, you know, that, that get a vote. I, I can't vote, vote for Jokic. It would look like, you know, we're just voting for the white guy. Then you had white guy certainly not going to vote for the... And, and so Dan Patrick said, he said, I, I believe the vote is turned. Now, l- let's be fair. Joel Embiid has had uh, a really good run the last few weeks. But so has Jokic. He's been playing lights out. And two nights ago, uh, there was a... Uh, 76ers were to play the Nuggets. Embiid set out that game and didn't play. Uh, and Jokic played. And so Kendrick comes back on and says, look, I, I can't espouse for Joel Embiid anymore because he had a chance to go head-to-head with Jokic, and he didn't do it. So uh, doesn't, you know, I don't think he has a vote anyway, but the damage is already done, and now uh, it, it's a dog whistle to, uh, well, you can't vote for Jokic. Here's an idea. Vote for Joel Embiid if he's the best player. Vote for Giannis if he's the best player. And vote for Jokic if he's the best player. Bottom line, doesn't matter what color they are. And forget about all this, you know, what color they are is is why we're going to vote for them. That is totally and completely ridiculous. So uh, that's what we do here. We we point out the inconsistencies. We we point out the things that... ESPN is never going to tell you. Fox Sports 1 is never going to tell you. And uh, we're thankful that you join us. We're thankful that you're here. Hope you'll come back. Don't forget, listen, you have to, before we go, you have to, have to, have to go to MyPillow.com. you got to get you some of the slippers. you got to get you uh, some of the Giza Dream Sheets. Uh, they're all on sale. You can get a huge discount if you go to MyPillow.com. Put in the promo code RED for Red Pill Sports podcast put in the promo code red you're going to save 40 50 percent by doing that and i'm telling you i want you to call me i want you to email me 
Hit me up on Twitter at Donnie Copeland, my Red Pill Sports, or on Facebook and say, hey, I got the Giza Dream Sheets. Dude, they are unbelievable. I got the pillow, unbelievable. I got the slippers, unbelievable. MyPillow.com and put in the promo code RED. Hey, I'm thankful that you joined us tonight. Don't forget about the Doc Washburn Show. Uh, It's right here uh, on Podbean on the same network. Uh, We'd love to have you. Also, check out my buddy Jake Crane over at Crane & Company. Tell him the Red Pill Sports Podcast sent you as well. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined us tonight. We'll see you back here next Tuesday night, all right? You have a good one. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Brought to you by the Doc Washburn Show Family of Podcasts, a Yetcher Media Company.